Shut up and sit down. Well, they say all good things come to an end. What's that got to do with this show? <laughs> nice ride. It's a nice ride. When you're on a nice ride, riding with your best friends. Nice ride. It's a nice time. When you're on a nice ride, riding with your best friends. Oh, I like to ride my bike. You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Want to control your destiny? Well, this little green frog once said, Life's like a movie. Write your own ending. Yeah, I like that. I was thinking this morning, walking and driving is so boring. It doesn't cost much, and there's no gas. It's I tell him that I loved him. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I'm Jake Vondering, and I'm here with Matt LeGrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys look freaking fantastic. You do. Ooh, they do. I don't. You look good. You guys are looking good. <laughs> All right. And um, on the iPhone, FaceTime, Verizon networky thing, that's... Coming uh, to us via on location. Lance friggin' Hepler. Lance Friggin Hepler here, coming at you uh, from Tucson, Arizona today. So I have oh, made it back from uh, the Canary Islands and am now down uh, coaching uh, my friend Gary Allen's driveway for the week Good. and uh, riding bikes down here in Tucson. Sweet. I will say, Lance, the weather here yeah, is sunny. It's cold. It was like 50 something. I walked, I, it was so sunny that I walked to Jake's house. I was like, uh, it's too nice. I'm just going to walk up there. And uh, oh. I was like in a t-shirt and I'm sweating. So yeah. I really do feel like well, I should go for a bike ride. Tucson was sunny today, but it's only a, a high of like 51. So, so same Z's. So, same Z's. Actually, I think it yeah, might so be a little bit warmer here. I think it's like 55 here, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, same Z's. Interesting. 50, it's but, 54 but right week. now. Yeah. <clears throat> Last week it was seventy five every day. Wow! So just other so almost same seas. It kind of gives you a little bit of that spring vibe right now. It does, but that's just it setting up for spring vibe number one because we're probably gonna have like ten of those. So that means it's gonna probably yeah. snow in three or four days. <laughs> It'll probably. I think it's supposed to like rain for the next two weeks straight. And then there, I thought there was going to be like one more cold snap, but who Maybe. knows? Well, last week they were saying that there was a chance of snow this weekend, but oh. we know how that turned out. Yeah. Anyhow, good job. Hey, weatherman's. Backpedal. Matt, you want to go first? Sure. I've been swimming a little bit more just because I'm trying to deal with like this hip quad thing that's been bugging me. And uh, it's really frustrating because um, you kind of need your quad to do everything, even swimming. Sometimes I'll, I'll get done swimming and I'm like, oh, this is not good. Or I'll try to push off the wall with one leg. <sighs> yep. That's here, Here's my weekly recap. <sighs> very frustrating <laughs> um yeah so there's that and True. uh testing a lot of products right now just feel like i'm overwhelmed with like um like concurrently trying to make ba- about five or six videos at the same time 
and which That's is fun, which yeah. is super fun, but it's also um, it's also a little overwhelming, but but awesome. And yeah, um, I'm I guess I, I could become like a speed walker. There was this Malcolm in the Middle episode where uh, the dad what's the dad's name. Um, Hal. Hal. Thank yep. you. He would he was like fully decked out in like a speed suit with like an aero helmet, and he's doing like race speed walking. Oh, that was the best. I remember that one. Yeah. So you guys know exactly what to expect from me over the next couple weeks. <laughs> be a speed walker love it speed walker cool that's my back pedal right on yep um yeah i probably have too many rides to talk about uh for this last week so i'll i'll oh i'm sorry did did, um we uh (laughs) i i think last week we we talked about potential i we i did a route in tenerife this uh place called masca this masca loop that was kind of going to be me and ian's like queen stage it was maybe one of the best cycling routes I've ever done in my life. It's definitely in the top 10. Wow. So for give, me some, give me some details. 80, 80 miles? It, so it was roughly 80 miles and like almost 11,000 feet of climbing. Um, yeah, we started out the door and immediately started with like a 14-mile climb. Oh, wow. We dropped we dropped off this ridge right down to the coast. It was just absolutely stunning and gorgeous. The, the roads are just in immaculate shape in Tenerife. The pavement is just like beautiful. So it's really kind of hard to, to beat it. But we ended up climbing up to this little town of Masca, which sits on this knife edge ridge. And it is just so picturesque and so perfect. It was just stunning. The worst part was from Masca to get out of the ridge, it was a two and a half mile climb that averaged like 11.8%. Mm-hmm. So that, like, that kind of ripped me apart. It was really hard to get up that climb. But man, we just, Ian and I ended up having the rest of the that week. It was just gorgeous so great time tenerife treated us great the travel sucked coming home that's just i did not have a vomit episode on the way home so all our listeners can you know rest easy. that's good yeah <laughs> so you're <laughs> saying it was almost as good as watopia hilly loop almost like just a touch <laughs> below that yes just a hair ah, beneath that okay so, rest at ease friends so, here in the pacific northwest you got lance beat <laughs> so I came back to uh, Arizona, did a ride uh, out to Corotia Flats up in the Mesa Apache Junction area. And then we came down to Tucson. Brandy and I came down to Tucson with my, we're staying at our friend Gary Allen's house. And we have ridden every day that we've been down here. And it has, the weather's been great. It's been beautiful. Um, we, uh, we rode six miles up part of Mount Lemon the other day we did a couple we've just had a great time riding today we did like a 60 mile group ride with the Tucson Masters uh group and with lots of sprint points and lots of short punchy climbs and so it it it, nice spirited fast ride with a great group of people that were all respectful and could hold their line and could ride well it was just I'm having a fantastic time. I'm a little shattered because I really do need a rest week. But uh, legs are feeling good. Lungs are feeling good. Heart's feeling good. I'm I'm in a pretty good spot at the moment. So 
we'll see how it goes. Lovely. Do you still hate me? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Hey, Lance, that doesn't <laughs> okay, change a thing. You still suck. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, uh, so you're feeling healthy. I mean, I think that's the big thing. Everything's, everything's still okay. Uh, everything's still okay. I'm, I'm setting, <clears throat> I'm setting power PRs. Yeah, that's good. And, uh, when you, and, when you posted that thing to, um, when you posted that thing about Mount Lemmon, I was like, Ooh, Lance is in good shape. Yeah. I, yeah. So we did the, the first six mile from, from mile zero up to Molina Canyon in, um, on Mount Lemon, and I beat my PR by four minutes. So that was that was that was a big jump for me. And I've I've done that little section like six times or something like that, and I beat my PR by a long time. Now part of that was because me and Gary are pretty evenly matched, and we were just pushing each other the whole way up. So that we were both making each other suffer and not dropping each other, and that really helped a lot. So, but yeah. I'm, I'm seeing numbers that I haven't seen in a, a long time. So hopefully I can just stay healthy and keep on the horse. So we'll see what happens. Cool. Right on. I'll shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, was that another week of going to the gym? Woo! Nothing's How's really changed there. Good? Yeah, I I went heavy on the legs this week. Like was doing lots Does of anything mu- bother the hips or it, you know what it doesn't it that that's the crazy part about yeah. it it's it doesn't i mean i get a little bit sore the next day and it, it feels just maybe a little bit tighter but it's also just you know kind of sore from just from weights and whatnot but you know, i've been able to like do multiple sets with anywhere from you know 10 to 15 reps of like 600 plus pounds on the leg press which is pretty wow. good and, and my legs are getting strong just really wish that I could get on the bike and see how that translates. It's probably not fantastic for like climbing or whatnot, but, but I, sprinting for the sprinting stuff. And then, you know, if I can ever get back on the bike and start riding again, it would be kind of interesting to see how the weight training is going to affect me, which I'm, um, I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later on, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how that's coming along. Other than that, I'm on like week three, maybe four. Yeah. Pretty much since the start of the new year, of being absolutely buried, I feel like I've been in like a oh, hole. Workwise, like, workwise, like I've like this whole this past week. Like we're recording on a Saturday, because in my brain I, I'm a day behind. And mm. like I was thinking that Friday was Thursday, and and you know all the way back through the week I was off by a full day. And it's just kind of one of those things where like you kind of get your marching orders of like the things that need to be done that day, but you never really make the connection to what day of the week it is. And I've been working seven days a week. I've got some big projects that I'm working on, so I've been kind of in a hole. I guess I should just come out and tell people. I think I said this before not too long ago, but I'm really sorry if you're trying to get a hold of me and I haven't got back to you. That's not intentional. There's just so many messages. I'm just like, all right, I'll chip away at these as best as I possibly can. But um, I think people have kind of found alternative ways to get a hold of me because um, I've on, honestly, like, I, I just turn just off my come, phone. Just come knock on your door, yeah. walk right in. Oh, yeah. yeah just come on over. That's so, what I do. Yeah. Just walk over. Anyway. Yeah. If you've been trying to get a hold of me and I haven't got back to you, I sincerely apologize. I am going to be going on an apology tour here pretty soon and <laughs> getting caught up with everybody as soon as I get these couple little projects finished. But um, yeah, other than that, it's just uh, more of the same. And I'm really kind of hoping that I can try and get back on a bike one of these days because it's been six weeks now since I've been on a bike. That's far too long. I still have not ridden a bike yet in this calendar year. In 2024, I still have not, not even on the trainer, zero. We should just like cruise around a cul-de-sac. 
Yeah, maybe. Just like, yep. Well, kind of like oh, that when we, we did that, when yeah, you came back from yeah, my, yeah, yeah, my shoulder, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go right up around the school. It's like a little three or four Let's mile loop. Yeah. Let's do that. I'll do it with you. Maybe a lap or two. See I got to only push with like one leg, probably. But which leg is it, you? Right or, leg. Right. Same. Okay. So we're just a couple lefty leggers. Too bad because otherwise we could like work together <laughs> to, to form one cyclist. There you go. Any hoot. Um, but yeah, that's. I could short rope you for, uh, for a lap around uh, Dorothy Fox if you'd like. I'd be happy to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we need your help. There you go. Yeah, we'll just. Lance, tie, are you coming tie. back? Do you know if you're coming back before training camp? Um, yes, I am coming back okay. before training camp. We're we're trying to finish up a, a gravel bike that I need to bring with me, hopefully oh. uh, before camp. So before the next um, trip, although the the yeah. training camp will be a road road cycling most it will mostly group, but the, but I'm but you'll keep going. I'm going. Yeah, I'm going from training camp to Scottsdale to do a gravel race. So I'm hoping to race the new gravel bike at the Scottsdale, which means I need to try to bring that bike with me too. Brand new bike for a big race. I think that's a good idea. Very smart. It seems like a wise decision. It it, it wouldn't be your first time doing that as well. Your mountain bike, I feel like that was the case. Yes, that, yeah, I did. Yeah, the first time I like the second time I rode my mountain bike was at a race. Yes, I something you were like, like you rode it like in the parking lot. You're like, yeah, okay, gears shift, okay, all right, let's race this thing. Let's I, go. I did that at the Michael Myers time trial oh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it was the, oh, the very, that's right. Very first time I'd rode on that, like the, the bike. power meter. You had to like, <laughs> fix the battery. I was doing that, and then like halfway through, I noticed that my seat had slipped <laughs> down and just kept slipping down. It was like an inch and a half or two inches too low, and I was like, yeah, screw it, just go. So. Any hoot. Um, Speaking of the Mike Miles time trial, we need to talk about that at some point. Yeah, we will get into that for sure. It's it's coming up very soon. It's what just about a month away, mm-hmm. ish. Yeah, yeah, it's about on a month away, March 9th. So anyway, let, let's get moving on here because I got lots of stuff to do. Okay. Um, let's oh, yeah, do yeah, this. Champ Bailey. That's all you get today, Champ Bailey. What's up, Champ Bailey? Champ Bailey's here. You know, I I have to say that for some reason I've been having dreams lately where every sportscaster's name was Champ Bailey. So apparently. <laughs> This thing is starting to sink into Champ Bailey's uh, brain here, so something's wrong. Okay, so um, today is Saturday. It, uh, this was day one, or really kind of day one, of the Cyclocross World Championships in Tabor, Chechia, or part of the old Czech Republic. They, I can't keep track of how they named that country. It's changed several times, but regardless, um, today was the women's elite race, um, and... Um, Fem Van Empel kind of ran away with it. It ended up being kind of a muddy race, and Fem Van Empel uh, from Visma Lisa Bike ended up winning that race by a minute and a half. Lucinda Brand was second. Puck Peterisi was third. And our own Clara Hansinger from Portland and Ashland, Oregon, ended up eighth overall. That's still fantastic, Not yeah. bad. Which is super fantastic. On the last lap, she was actually in 10th and passed a couple people, so... I missed the first like 30 minutes of the race. So I don't know what happened in those first 30 minutes, but Oh my goodness. So proud of Clara and what she did. So that's kind of super cool. So, and the dudes race manana. So here's my question. Go go ahead. So MVP is like, I mean, to call him a favorite is like an, it's like an insult. Like he's so beyond the rest of the field. I mean, he's got, I mean, he is, he's racing. If he's racing, he's probably winning. Right. He is racing. Um, he 
it will be his sixth world championship if he's able to pull off the win tomorrow. If he doesn't have a mechanical or a bad crash, there really isn't anybody who should beat him. While Vinart is not doing it, uh, Tom Pidcock is not doing it. They're both in training camps trying to get ready for the spring classics. Or they just and, know but, they can't uh, win. Like, well, there's right. a little bit of that, too. Wasn't He's like... Go ahead. He he uh Vanderpool is like the like the twenty to one odds on favorite to to win. Bet twenty bucks like to win one dollar, huh? Um yeah. wasn't yeah. he saying at one point in time though that he wasn't gonna do the world championships this year? Didn't we kind of hear some whispers of that early in the season? No, I I misinterpreted it. He is not doing the he didn't do the 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 Dutch national championships. Oh, gotcha. All right. If he's like, I do not need to do the Dutch national championships. It would just be another jersey that I won and stuck in a drawer because if I win the world championships, I would never win. I would never wear the Dutch championship. So we skipped the Dutch national championships so that he could focus on the world. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, to whoever yeah, I told the other day that um, I don't think MVP's racing, um, I, I retract that and I blame it on Lance. I mean, I'm uh, champ. Yeah. <laughs> on champ. Blame it on champ. Blame it on champ. <laughs> It's, I screwed it up. It's it's really questionable. Like it's like, is this is the guy's race gonna be worth watching? It's like sure. Why not? He's gonna dominate the thing. Yeah. He really could get away on like the second lap and that'll be it. Yeah, and but then the camera's gonna follow him and there's like the rest of the race is just gonna be I mean, I don't know. But it, it, it's, it's worth watching. Sure, it's worth uh, watching. That's sure. why they have the race though, right? I mean uh, I mean well, here's another question. Has anybody ever won six world championships in cyclocross? I don't know these things. Uh, Sven Nice probably has. I'm not sure. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, it's still something Sven's special to watch and to to you know see him do his thing. It's always a, a you know kind of a nice thing because he's so stinking good. And if you can <laughs> salute, you can uh, you know watch what he does. And, and granted, he can throw down the power, but the the dude knows how to handle his business on a bike, and it's fun to watch that. I love watching people that have got skills that I'll never have, but you know can attain to try and have someday. I don't. It's pretty mesmerizing to watch. It's just, it just seems like he has like fifty extra watts that nobody else does. You know, mm-hmm. and just he can just roll it faster than everybody else. Plus, he has the bike handling skills to back up the extra wattage that he has. So, you know what would be special. fun is if they mic'd him up. I would pay money to do that and to get some <laughs> live commentary from him during the course of that. And it would be freaking awesome if there was like a two-way radio. If you got like enough of a gap where they could actually start talking to him or asking him questions like what's going through his head right then and there, that would be incredible. Not going to happen, but that would be fun. Okay. The record is – it was like – I don't want to – it's some sort of other Belgian has the record. What was it? Eek van something something. I don't know. I'm not – I'll look it up. I'll keep looking it up. It's in here somewhere. How many did he win? I'm going to find out, but keep talking because it's going to take me a while to figure this out. <laughs> it's not where I thought it was going to be. Well, for the people that listen to this podcast, because it will come out later today, and if they want to watch the World Championship Eric. tomorrow, do you know how they can watch it, what time it's on? And uh, It's seven. Oh. Eric de Vladmiknikner Diknahakthulin. Okay, wow. That's proper pronunciation. Yeah. One seven. Okay. So you got to venture to guess that MVP's got his eyes on that. You'd think. So this would be six and then just got to snag one more. Six. Yeah. It's it's very plausible that he could do it. 
So for tomorrow, um, though. They're showing it on Flow Sports, so it is on Flow Sports. I do believe it's also on YouTube. It's possible to watch it on YouTube on Flow Sports' channel. Um, I don't know if that's delayed or not. I watched the race this morning on Flow Sports, so and the coverage was was great. Huh, so good. I'll just say that. Yeah. Cool. Right on. Anything else, champ? Uh, uh, one other thing, uh, American Brandon McNulty won the stage today of the Volte Valenciana. I don't know if I said that right, but Sweet. American doing well, winning a UCI, you know. Is he still on UAE? Stage. He's still on UAE, yes. Okay. So, Dude, I'm so stoked cool. to watch wanted- bike racing again this spring and into the summer. I just, I don't know. I feel like this is going to be a really good year, and it's going to be fun having Primos on another team and some other the team, the team setup up. is better, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. yeah it's yeah. not just that two-headed monster. There's some legitimate contenders from other teams that could step up and make some noise. Right. Cool. Love it. Right on. How about a Camp little out. bit of, a little bit of this now then? Oh god, here it comes. Oh, oh, hot seat. Oh, hot 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 hot. Every okay. time I got, hot, I got a hot seat question for you. Bring it, Matt. But I need Lance. I need Lance here for this one because here's the thing <laughs> that you guys actually might not know about this guy. There's a guy, he's a cyclist. His name's Sep Kuss and he had a good, he had a good 2023. Mm-hmm. Okay. He won one of the, you know, one of the big ones, one of the world tours. He basically played a huge role in the other two. Is he going to have a better 2024 or a worse 2024 than his 2023 Ooh. season. Okay, so that's the hot seat question. Follow up on that. What is he going to do? And how do you top 2023? That is a damn good question. Lance, you want to start us out on that? Okay, you it's know. Hot. It's a hot question. It is. It's a question. Seth absolutely hero worked last year. Yes. You know, phenomenal that, you know, he was, you know, able to help Jumbo Visma the way he did to win both the other tours. And then he wins the Vuelta himself, which is just phenomenal. But I honestly, I think his win on the Vuelta is was a little bit of a fluke. Fair. Mostly because he won it because the the Peloton let him get away on that one stage because they felt like he wasn't an overall threat because he's been such a great super domestique for his teammates. So they let him get away and get that big lead that he was then able to hold. So I'm not belittling Sepp's, you know, you know what he did at the Vuelta and winning that or, or the fact that he actually won that. I think that's fantastic. But I think he, he has a bigger target on his back this year, and he won't be given the leash that he was given last year. So for, the, for, his, for him to be able to win the Vuelta, the Vuelta or something again, he would have to be the designated protected rider from day one. And the, the other riders would have to be working for him. It, it, it would just be, I think, it, I think it's a much taller order this year if he tries to do the same thing. So, so your answer is no, he's not going to have a, as good a year as he had last year. That's correct. That's my answer. That's a fair. That's a fair assessment. What is he going to do? He's going to turn himself inside out for for his teammates, like he always does, because he's a freaking rock star man of integrity who cares about the 
Steve. Absolutely. Dude, I love that. Absolutely. I love it. He's he's yeah. definitely a fan favorite, which also makes the it makes it a fun question to ask. Um, but do you think that he will have a good season, even if his if his goals are pace his team, pace his his GC and you know, in all the mountain stages? Do you think that he will have a good season? I do. I mean, I I don't think they have released his schedule or his planned schedule for the year yet but the Giro I don't think is on his schedule I think he's doing the tour and the Vuelta and then just helping out wherever else he can I don't think they've actually released that yet but um, I don't know yeah I don't know either hmm you want my input there Mr. Matt it's a hot seat question of course Uh, I want of course I want your input (laughs) I think um I don't think he's going to win a Grand Tour, so I think that automatically means that you're not going to have as good of a season as you had last year. Because I mean, I think winning a Grand Tour, obviously, that just that's like the the cherry on top. That's hard to top, hard to beat. I don't think that that's going to happen. But I'm going to say that I'm going to put an asterisk next to okay. that. I think that Jonas Vingago is due for something to go south right. or sideways or something's going to happen. Just odds. he, it's just statistically speaking, just he's had too many yeah. good years in a row. And he's he's come out of everything unscathed. He's been racing all of the big grand tours. You haven't seen him like suffer any kind of a crash. You haven't seen him kind of have just an off year. He's just been spot on. Now I think he's going to start off and he's going to do great. But I just kind of like have this eerie feeling that something's going to happen. Yeah, that's going to maybe sideline him for whatever reason. It could be illness. Could be like part of it too. Could like be just COVID. Something, any of those. Any things. of those things. Who's going to step up in his presence? You would think Sepp would be... It has to be Sepp. He would I mean, be high on the list. So if have, if have, that happens, I think that something if something happens to Jonas, Sepkus is going to have equal to or a better year than he had last year. Whether or not he wins a Grand Tour remains to be seen because, you know, he's he's not a part of the big six or seven or whatever number Remco's coming up with these days. Big but seven. Big seven. Well, he, I don't know. Maybe he should be one of the big seven. But if, if, if Vingigo goes down somewhere then like can you imagine like sepkus being the protected rider at the tour de france i mean that could just be Be bonkers yeah blow your mind mind. you're not going to have wout there your roglic is gone i mean you've got a few players that have come onto that team but there's not a a guy that has proven himself to be able to step into a gc role and and win a grand tour and sep has experience yeah so and he still has age a little bit on his side he's currently 29 years old will be 30 in september so he's not like he's, on the downward side of things i mean you he's still right have there. yeah he's kind of in his prime to be honest with you do you think he could take on roglitch Ooh, i know he knows, you like i know you like roglitch i like roglitch but i like sep too and i'm gonna go yeah. with sep because you know what I'm a homeboy. He's a, a homer. He's a he's sure. U.S. Okay, so we obviously cheer for Seth. But do you think when the when you're when you're talking about climbing mountains, do you think Seth can beat Roglic? Yes. yes. Really? Yes. Can he beat Roglic day after day after day after day? Mm, that's going to be yeah, tough. Good, good question. Or if it was a one day race, I don't I don't know if he, if he could hold him, but I. If it's done right, and if he can manage things right in Yamo Viz, yeah. well, I can't call him Yamo Visma anymore. It's uh, Lisa Bike, uh, Visma Lisa Bike. There you <laughs> go. Got to start getting into the habit of that. Um, if, if they play their cards right, which they naturally do, because that's just something that they're talented at, they could potentially put him in a position where he could do all right. Yeah. And it you know what? Roglic, how old is he going to be this year? 37? Mm-hmm. That's, that's getting up there. So he's going to have to start showing some age here pretty soon. He's not, you know, 
well, unless there's something in that Slovenian water. Ooh, that uh, we know that there yeah. is. Yeah, but uh, but I I think that if it came down to it, I mean, whatever Bora's called these days, if it's going to be Bora Red Bull or Red Bull Bora, okay. or if it's just going to be Bora, but whatever's going on there, they have a good team. Roglic is a rock star. I don't know how much longer he's going to have the the horsepower, and I'm hoping he doesn't get the curse of like a like a Chris Froome or like another big name that's gone to a big team on a big contract, like a Peter Sagan towards the end of his you know career, signs a big contract and then just is like womp womp womp. You know, there's not much. Yeah, there. there's something to be said for that for sure. It's happened so many times, and then you have these like, hey, I just cashed a check and yeah. we're good. Yeah, and I'm going to sit here for three years. Yeah. Um, and, and collect that check. I don't know. And then you don't have the team surrounding you. That I mean, I, I do think he has some good heavy hitters on that team, but a lot of times you go to a team where you don't have as much of a, I mean, it's no Jumbo, it's no Jumbo Visma, yeah, right? But correct. still, um, I do think that we're going to get the team name wrong until about like halfway through the tour, and then we're all going to start to get it correct. It's like you need that like repetition <laughs> yeah. of, of hearing it from so an announcer. Visma Lisa bike. Does anybody know what Visma is? I always think of like the old oh. TV, that Viso, Vizio TV, but that's not it. But what is Visma? I don't even um, – Yumbo was like a supermarket chain. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I know it's a supermarket. But yeah, I I'm not remember. sure what the, the yeah. Visma. Uh, Visma is a software company. Okay. Oh, there you know. Okay. Cool. Well – that should be interesting. What are your thoughts? I th- I agree with you guys. I think last year is going to be hard to beat unless something f- like f- flukish happens where, you know, he takes over GC contentions for one of, you know, one of the people that he was working for. Um, I do think that they kind of have his training pegged year after year after year of like, you know, this, this is the formula that seems to be working for mm-hmm. him. And it's a lot of racing for him yeah. and it works. And so... I could see him having another really good year, but like we talked about earlier, like odds are, you you know, just these fluke things happen. Like if you race your bike, you're getting on your bike. If you think about it, like you're, you do these three week grand tours, you're on the bike 20, 21 days or whatever. Like the odds just keep adding up that something's going to happen. Some sort of crash, some sort of fluke, some sort of mechanical, uh, whatever it is. Here's a question for you. I mean, they're sending Wout to the Giro and that, that, who knows if he's actually going to be able to pull that off. And that's great. I'm guessing that Jonas isn't going to be there. Is Jonas going to the Giro? I don't know. Obviously, he's going to be at the Tour de France, but is Jonas going to go to the Vuelta? And if Sepp goes to the Vuelta, are they going to send him to basically, you know, repeat to protect his his win? To you know, I think that they got some. I think they got a lot of really good PR from Sepp winning that thing. Mm -hmm. I think you get like you you get a little bit of the um, headline push in the United States and stuff like that, like a little bit more worldwide. It's not like just European focused that you don't necessarily get otherwise. And I think that that's extremely valuable for the team finances. Sure. And so, but does he defend his title there? Do they go and say, this is our protected GC rider for the Vuelta even they, if they Jonas probably, is there, I mean, they probably throw in like, "Well, we got two leaders this year, or whatever." I hate it when they do that, but that's you know, that's probably what they're going to do. If it was your team, what do you what Jonas, are you saying? Oh, I mean, I chase that Jonas, dollar bill yeah. because it's like if, if if Sep can win again or whatever, and and repeat the headlines and have you know the the news stories and the it's a short news cycle, but if it's any sort of cycle where you're getting publicity for your team, then it's probably worthwhile. And I think Sepp is going to do that. Where is Jonas? If he won one, like if he won a second Grand Tour in the same year, it's like eh, it's it's something. But mm-hmm. you're not going to get the same level of headlines, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. What do you think, Lance? You, you there? 
Um, yeah, I, I, does he defend his title? Uh, does, does Sep defend his title? Yeah. No, no. Okay. And and Lance said that earlier too. He was like, well, that was kind of a freak fluke incident where he got away on a breakaway and then, you know, held on and he had his team kind of let up or whatever, if we're being honest with ourselves, but yeah. Okay. Those were his own teammates that could have taken him down. Anybody else in the field do you think anybody else in the field could have like chased him down or made it happen? I think they would have if they could. They they didn't. Exactly. So why so, wouldn't he go back and repeat that? Why wouldn't they just say, Jonas, because you're... The, his old teammates aren't his teammates anymore. Well, Roglic well, is going to be on a different team, yeah. and those guys are not going to be pulling their punches. They're going to be going for it. He will be. That's just one one cat. That's just one cat. Yep. And, and you're not. they're not going to let a breakaway get you know, 10K up the road like they did before, they're going to be like, yep, this this guy won it before. Let's not let that happen again. Aren't you guys getting excited to watch some bike racing? It's going to be fun. <laughs> I think the spring classics are absolutely fantastic sure, to watch. Yeah. So Watch party time. Yeah, it should be fun. Sweet. Right on. Hey, Hepler, do you have a hot seat question or would you prefer that I go first? Um, I got one that will probably be a quick one. All so, right. Oh, yeah, um, we do need to watch the clock. <clears throat> okay, so... Uh, Vanderpool is doing the cyclocross world championships. Wout and Pidcock are skipping it. Who is making the mistake here? Is Vanderpool making a mistake by, by not training for the spring classics or is Wout and Pidcock making a mistake by not having a potential opportunity to win a world championship? So is the question. Okay. Okay. I think I got your question. So, this is like the question really comes down to are the spring classics so important that it's worth giving up the the cyclocross world championships it's kind of like what you're getting at a little bit and yeah i think that like it's different for each person right like peacock he's, he's probably looking at the you know cyclocross world championships he's like well i could go and come in third place and i could come in third place (laughs) or whatever or or maybe i could get third place Maybe I could, but he could win, right? Like, if we're honest with ourselves, like, yes, MVP would have to have a mechanical or an issue or some sort of problem. Not likely, but, you know, honestly, I would I would want to put myself in that situation where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm second and I'm ready for a mistake to happen. And if something happens, then I'm the world champion. Um, not that he hasn't got a world championship jersey already, but still, uh, are the spring classics more important I guess that depends individually on the person because some of these guys, they, they think of some of the big spring classics and they're like, yeah, this is, this is the race. This is cycling They're Even the world tour stuff is like, those are fun, big races where, but those spring classics are so important to some of those people. Um, so it's hard to say with, with each one of these guys, like where they lie, the importance while Van Art, I think probably has a better chance in the spring classics than the world championships in cyclocross. So do I think it's a mistake? I kind of do because I do think that if Wout was there, he would be poised and ready to um, capitalize on any sort of mistake that MVP makes uh, if there was a mistake. Um, but, you know, again, maybe he just is like, I don't want to get second. I so just, here's a question for big you. Egos if too. that's the case, he shows up and he beats MVP because MVP screwed up. Yeah. Did Wout win the world championship or did MVP lose it? MVP loses right. it, right? Exactly. Like, that's just so, the like, truth. So you know that, like, yeah, I won, but I won because so and so made a mistake, and and yes, that that is part of bike racing, but yeah, yeah, and it's not even a mistake. These things just happen. Sure. Uh, so, but the thing is, is like, I don't even know who would be fourth 
like the fourth place if we like kind of race to everyone like who's going to be a serious contender at the world championships besides mvp like let's say that he does make a mistake someone's still going to win a world championships and you know it's got to be somebody yeah i would say that everybody is making the correct decisions for the most part I, I think that Wout and Pitcock doing what they're doing is the, the wise choice. I don't mm-hmm. think that they really have anything to prove or any reason to be at the cyclocross world championships because yet, whereas cyclocross is a big sport, it's still kind of like piddly dink compared yeah, to yeah, like the, the, the racing on a whole. And if you really think about how much time you have left in the sport, um, you don't want to do anything to jeopardize being on that bigger stage, being able to, do something that's spectacular that's going to truly go down in the, the books. People will say, "Yeah, that's great that you want to cycle across World Championship, but what's more important, that or winning, you know, Flanders or winning the Paris Roubaix or, or something, something like?" I, just, I don't know. I feel like these guys. It's not an either or. It's like an. It's not an absolute either or. It's not like by doing this, they're definitely going to be better. You know, on these spring classics, it's it's maybe they will be. Maybe they'll be better prepared. It, I still think that a lot of people, like MVP might be a perfect example. We may see him do extremely well in the spring classics, and we'll be like, well, good thing those guys skipped the world championships and they still got beat by the guy that won the world championships. Yeah. I mean, if 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 MVP, if MVP really has like an extra 50 watts, then that's also going to come into play in the spring classics. So for Walt, though, if he were to go, he would win, what, his fourth in Walt? Yeah. Won three world championships. So he would be Pitcock winning his fourth. Pitcock would be winning his second. Right. That, it's like, what is that? That, not that, that doesn't. Thing. That's not the same as MVP. Like I think MVP kind of is obligated now. He's he's got to break that record. I mean, to to go down in history as the best cyclocross racer of all time, if he wins eight of them or seven, what did you say? What the record was? Seven. The record seven. And so if, if he, he wins, wins this eight, one, it'll be six. Six. So if he so. does it two more years after that. To put his stamp on the sport like that, that's a living legacy that for the rest of time, people are going to say, well, he, he could have been, yeah, yeah, he's the best. He's the best there ever was. The only thing is, is like, don't hurt yourself again. Granted, it didn't happen in cyclocross when he hurt himself, but don't hurt yourself again and have that have an effect on the rest of your season mm. for the, the for the upcoming season of the road racing. He's got a lot of potential there too as a, a one-day racer. He's not going to be a Grand Tour kind of guy, but you know, he's something special to watch. So I think he is kind of making the right decision there. If you're just looking at it from a pure cycling standpoint, he shouldn't be racing the, the cross world championships. He be should be focused on the, the bigger stage stuff. But I think given the circumstances and the scenario that we're looking at with him potentially winning his sixth and, and having within reach the seventh and the eighth to become the best ever, mm-hmm. I think that that's the right move. The other thing to think about is I think a lot. This is, I guess to Jake's point, but like the a lot of these teams, like the the value for these teams and the sponsorships and everything that goes along with it isn't that high on the cyclocross side of things and it's big time for spring classics and it's big time for the world tours you know that's where that's where a lot of the focus is in europe for these sponsors it's it's tough it's tough because cyclocross you know i mean i I do think that mvp and and wout like grew up doing cyclocross and i feel like that's kind of their bread and butter i don't know Kind of has proven too that it can generate some can pretty generate incredible some, cyclists. Yeah, and it's a couple of decent guys. Yeah, a couple. Lance, what's your uh, take on that? On your own question, uh, I think they're making the right call. Wout has actually said that there's two races he still wants to win in his life, and it is it is uh, Flanders and Paris Roubaix. He wants yeah. to win those two races. He has not won them yet. He's been second at both of them, I think, multiple times. So I feel you, Wout. I feel you. To, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think I feel like just, that's like the thing is I 
I think I've heard similar stuff from other big time writers like um, Tari Bogaccia, I feel like it said something similar. It wasn't the exact same thing, but it's like they love the spring classics. They want to have that victory under their belt. Sure. So it's interesting. Yeah. Right on. Good. All right. I got a question for you. Okay. What is the one thing that you really dislike about cycling the most? The one thing that really just chaps your hide, gets under your skin, that you, it just bugs the crap out of you. You gotta have, you gotta, it's a lot of gear, right? Like if you're going somewhere to go bike, if you're gonna gear up to go out for a ride, it's a lot of gear and it takes a lot of time. It's a, it's a commitment of, solid commitment of time, right? Where it's like, just to get ready for a ride? Get ready for a ride. Yeah. And like, if I was to get ready for a ride, it's like, okay, like if you were like, let's ride in five, I'd be like, eh, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need a little bit more than five minutes to gear up because it's a little bit colder, whatever it is. Sure. Like, Got to go through all the bike stuff, make sure everything's doing okay because I haven't been biking as much lately. Sure, yeah. Got to make sure tires are in a decent shape. Clean the chain. I and probably wouldn't clean the chain before is, is I went Is my bike ride, computer charged up? Is my oh, radar all that stuff. charged up? Yeah. It's like so much stuff. Yeah, if and you get then, out of practice, it can be a yeah, bit of a hassle. It, it does. Forever. I, I do think if you're biking every day, like you can kind of you can kind of get it into a, a certain spot where you can kind of turn around sure. pretty quick. And, and we used to do that where it was like five minutes, we're going, yep, and, yep. and we were ready to go. But I also think that like the commitment for even a easy ride is an hour. Yep, and it so, is time consuming. And so like that's um, it's you know if you were to do an hour run, that's a pretty big run. Um, swimming, I guess you know I'm trying to compare it to other sports. Isn't but, that kind of funny to think about though? Like to think about riding for less than an hour feels like a waste of time yeah. getting on the bike. So yeah. like, especially like, if you're out, I mean, if, if you're on the trainer, I, I do this sometimes I'll do a 30 minute bike ride on the trainer, Yeah, but because it's so easy for me just to go like hop on the trainer, it's ready to go. Yep. Like I got whatever, like I got to do something, whatever later. It's like, let's just get something in. Yep. And then the road bike, you would never do that. Uh -huh. If you had 30 minutes, would you, you would just be like, I don't have enough time to bike. No, that's just not worth it. If you had, if you had an hour, you might be like, I don't have enough time to gear up and go. Possibly, yeah. If I was out of practice, like I am like right now. Yeah, not if really I was riding. like, Jake, it's gorgeous out. You have one hour before you have to be somewhere. You'd be like, well, once I get done biking, I got to like clean my bike a little bit, maybe like shower or whatever. Like, yeah. I don't have time. Yeah. Like so one hour is not Jumping on the time. trainer in that situation. Yeah, that's a, that's a very valid point because um, it does take a bit of time. That's probably the thing that annoys me the most about biking as a whole yeah lance doesn't have that problem though he walks around in his kit and he wears yeah. his helmet he's always 24 hours a he's day, ready to go sleeps in his shoes i have my kit on underneath these clothes right now yeah. <laughs> so saddle, just, saddle surgically implanted in his butt when yeah. you when you take your legs out of bed they clip directly into your your bike my <laughs> bike wait what is your uh, big gripe with cycling there lancy pants um, my biggest gripe with cycling is the toxic masculinity that you can run across with some male riders. Are you, um, are you pointing to me? Yeah, I'm pointing to you directly. <laughs> We're not going to point fingers here, but uh, <laughs> this is a point in your direction. <laughs> Please expand, expand there, Mr. Hampler. Please expand. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's certain type A personalities that uh, just can't help but show up and 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 kind of flex on the group ride or tell people off or scream at people for not doing the right thing or um and i'm running into it less and less um as time goes on but there still is an air of um superiority with some riders that 
that just kind of screams at me of just assholery. And I don't like that. So I, I, you know, I, I like to ride with people that care and worry about other people and aren't just there to, you know, flex on everybody else. So, Mm. so that elitism kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Do you, because you're Mr. I ride them all, you mostly find that on the road, or is that something you're finding in gravel these days now because roadies are coming over, or what about the mountain bike scene? Uh, it's creeping into gravel a little bit, that's for sure, but, uh, yeah, it's mostly on the road that I see that. I But I haven't really seen it lately, not with the groups that I've been riding with and the people I've been riding with, but it's kind of funny when you when you roll up in a group, you can kind of, you can spot the guy pretty quickly and it's like, you, you just <laughs> describe him, describe away. him. What does he look like? <laughs> how, how can we avoid yeah. this, this joker? Um, he, uh, he, he's an older guy with grayish hair and kind of a bad bushy mustache <laughs> and oh. he's an orange that says, uh, no, I don't know. Yeah. bent in clothes suck. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, those, those guys are out there. Um, I don't know. That's always kind of been a pet peeve of mine as well, especially when I first got started into the road scene and coming from a mountain bike background, I'm like, dude, why are you so uptight or why are you doing this? Why? And in some respects, I, I understand when somebody might chirp at somebody or whatnot, if they're riding unsafe or if they're not, you know, helping out or taking a poll, but you know, there's a, a, a nice way that you can say that without being a Yike and club suck or whatever that's called. Um, but yeah, it it's it's I, I almost find it my responsibility, my uh my duty to go out and tell people, hey, um, chill out. You know, we don't we don't need that kind of a thing. So and I've you know nicely told people that they need to stop, stop with the assholery. Yeah. So yeah, that that's a that's a good one. Matt. What about you, Jay? Oh, sorry. Did you have anything that you wanted to say to Lance's uh, thing? There is like just, yep, I agree. Um, yeah, no, I I agree. I definitely feel like there's I I've been the the thing that I was thinking about was like what do what's the next step? Like, do how do we avoid it? Like, how do we avoid those people? I don't know. Gotcha. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. Just don't ride with groups like that, do you I just like know. establish up oh, this is this person this way just don't ride with them ever like how do you or do you like try to be like hey correct we should correct this situation or i don't know i don't know i don't know what the right thing to do is there <laughs> oh we'll, we'll get back to you on that i'm thinking of specific people and i'm like they're friends but i'm not gonna i don't know what to say chill out yeah hmm. i guess all right. You guys ready for mine? Yep. All right. I'm going to frame yep. this up a little bit just before I drop the question. Like, think about how long you've been riding bikes and think about like how much research you've put into bikes and think about all of the stuff that you know about bikes. And because you've been doing said research, it's probably been a minute. I mean, you've been in the bike scene now for what, like 10, 12 years, yep. Matt? Pretty firmly. Lance, it's been in, into bikes for what, most of your adult life? Yeah, maybe. Maybe 15 years, really. Triathlon, triathlete. You know, I've been kind of into bikes, like, really, like, paying attention and and looking at specs and doing all the things since I was probably in my, I mean, I've been riding since a little kid, but, like, really since, like, my mid-20s or something like that. And every single year, like, the new latest and greatest comes out, and it's always the bike is this much stiffer, it's this much more aero, it's this much lighter, it's all these different things. You know what's really bugging me in this day and age is I hate the marketing 
aspects, the marketing pieces that are coming out from all the bicycle companies about it's this. Almost like they could carbon copy from the year before where they're like, it's this and yeah. then insert percentage stiffer. Yeah. It's this insert percentage aerodynamically faster. Exactly. And it's like, well, so that's the same as last year. If you think about it from that percentage, because they yeah. are point where they're always saying it's this percentage faster. We'll say for the last 20 years that I've been looking at this, based on what they've told us every single year that it's that percentage better, faster, aero, or more light, the bike should weigh nothing. They should have zero aerodynamic drag. They should well, almost pedal themselves, and they should no. be made out of an indestructible material. That, like all stiffer. of these things. Yeah, it's yeah. always that much stiffer. No, but, but, I, but, but it's stiff, but it's compliant. Yeah, it's stiff, <laughs> but compliant. But no, it's because they're they're always referring to the prior year's model, and it's always a percentage, so it can never end up being like percentage down to zero, right? So. Yeah, but if, I mean, there are there's a marked difference between a bike from now and like 10 years ago and a marked difference between a bike from now and 20 years ago. But just based on like, these like little incremental changes and in how they always build it up. They always yeah. make it sound like you have to, and, and you need Greg, to buy this new one. Exactly. Yeah, they just, they're know. just trying to take your money, which again, we live in a capitalistic society and, well, and they do have to put out stuff to entice people to want to come out with new bikes and they've got to stay relevant and they do have to, you know, be cutting edge. If you let will. me, let me play devil's, devil's advocate a little bit here. The, if you're a mar if you're in their marketing department mm -hmm. and your job is to put out a press release mm -hmm. and you're providing specs like it's this percentage faster and it's this percentage stiffer and are are you really doing a misjustice or a disservice to the public by just describing it this way which is the honest truth and then letting people decide whether or not that percentage is worth making a purchase cuz oh. i don't think cuz cuz here's the thing that like I've, I've been noticing because I deal with, you know, or I get to chat with like these PR people or whatever and you get to know them and you're like, this is just a good person and they're trying to do right and they're not trying to pump a whole bunch of lies into the thing, whatever it is. But because this is some big company, whatever, like Microsoft or something like that, it's like people think they're evil, evil, evil companies. Yeah. They're going to hear any sort of PR thing that anyone published and just try to twist it and be like, they're trying to cheat you and lie to you and they are trying to put chips in your in your shoulder mm -hmm. and steal your money in your babies. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where it's like, no, no, maybe they're not. Maybe they're just putting out a press release that says the details of the update. So I'm, I'm a little bit, I think gun shy of, of hating the PR talk, but I'm also with you on like the, the regurgitation seems a little bit overwhelming. It does. And you know, it has been kind of a, a little bit of a breath of fresh air because a lot of the bike manufacturers went away from like uh, having to have a brand new model every single year. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, all right, this is the current iteration of that particular bike. And it, that model will generally be around for three, sometimes four or five years. Right. And they're basically maybe just putting a different paint job on it yeah. or they're outfitting it with different set of wheels or different group set. Mm -hmm. And that that's how it changes year over year. So it's kind of nice to see that so that it's got a little bit more length in terms of like, all right, it's that particular genre. Mm -hmm. It's you know a block of time versus like every single year. And it felt like every single year for a while there, it really was like, oh, it's this much better. It's this much it this, did. that, and the other. And it's just like, all right, knock it off. You're like, I've heard that. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, just it's, give me the raw numbers. Don't tell me it's a certain percentage better. Or it's all this, that, and a bag of yeah. chips. And if you go to ride the bike and, and you feel like a, a noticeable difference, then yeah, you can talk about that. But I don't feel like for certain bike brands, like you go and ride this model year versus two years ago, the bike really doesn't feel that much different. Right. Like you could take a, I think the biggest changes you feel in a frame is 
well, not necessarily frame in a bike is the wheels that they outfit it with in the group set. Hundred percent agree with you. So not even that. It could be even worse than that. It could be like the tires. Like yeah. if you go from, you know, let's just say like if you go from twenty five to twenty eights, yeah, like that that bike's gonna feel pretty plush. Yeah, and it, it, some of that comes down to like, hey, can we go can we go wider with the forks and still keep our our marketing numbers similar? Because mm-hmm. if you can, and we can run bigger tires and, and things are good there, then like that would sell me on something like. I think that the marketing department just needs to to adjust their bullseye, maybe where it's like, "Hey, you can run, you can run big tires on this, like, and, yeah. and it, or you can run whatever tires." And guess what? Like, aerodynamics aren't necessarily affected on the bike frame or whatever it is, and mm-hmm. and that would kind of persuade me to be like, "Ooh, that sounds fun. Like, I like the idea of that." I don't know. Yeah, I yeah, I agree with you there. What do you think, Lance? You know, uh, I, I think I think a lot. Of the time, marketing guys for companies are trying to justify their jobs. I don't think if, if there's not mm. a lot of changes in a bike or a bike concept from year to year, you know, their job is to sell the product. And so a lot of it can be fluff. It is difficult to know what part of those things are all just whitewash, bullcrap, and what parts actually would make a difference for you to want to you know, upgrade your bike or whatnot. So what, what is something that you I guys could hear from a company that would be almost refreshing, like a breath of fresh well, air? You and I mentioned like the, like if, if they were like, Ooh, the, if you know, forks wider, you can ride a wider range of tires on this and still have no penalty. Like to me, that'd be like alluring for sure. Sure. Uh, but you're saying like, if, I think what you are getting at, like what would be a fresh air or a, a fresh thing if like a marketing person was like, yeah, this bike is, you know, marginally better, but if you've gotten the last model, there's no need to buy this, you know, or something like that yeah. where they were like brutally honest if they were just like, you don't feel like you need to buy this, blah, you know, blah, blah. Now, marketing should never yeah, say that. You do a lot of YouTube videos, which in effect is kind of marketing for companies. And sometimes yep. you're given products to review, yeah. whether it's going to be good or bad. They're hoping it's going to be good, but... It, well, take like this, I don't have it on. Take the Apple Watch Ultra 2, which is the exact same watch as the Apple Watch Ultra yep, 1. Yep. Like that put the PR people in this horrible spot where they're like, okay, tell people what's new about it. Yeah. And they're like, nothing. But they don't, they're not gonna lie. So yeah. they're gonna be like, well, we have the new processor, can do this and sure. this and this. But then people are like angry at the PR people because they told people what's new about it, even though it's not a lot. It's basically the same watch. So I don't know. I mean yeah, and that's why I like to go to reviewers like yourself right. or people that are going to give you an honest feedback. Like, hey, do you need to upgrade to this? No, no. you don't. But if you don't already have something, for sure, get the newer yeah. one. But and, you, and then you actually learn that there are people out there that even when you tell them, like, no, you shouldn't. And they'll still be like, well, I updated anyway. I updated from my Apple Watch 1 to my Apple Watch 2, which you cannot even tell the difference in. Sure. Like, you can't tell. The, like, if you're playing with both of them, you'd be like, I don't know which one's which. Yeah, You can't tell. If you look at them every single – it does not say Apple Watch Ultra 2 anywhere on there yeah so uh, similar with the um some well i guess that's not exactly true i was gonna say the like epics and the epics the epics pro gen 2 and the epics pro Mm -hmm. or sorry the epics pro versus the epics gen 2 from garmin like one has a flashlight which you can see so there's like subtle differences that way but there's for the most part they're pretty similar yeah but that flashlight's worth a million dollars man i take my money (laughs) and again yeah shut up and take my money again you flip it over and the optical heart rate sensor is different on that i don't know there are much more distinguishable differences between those products for sure but the pr team again if if they just list what's new i still feel like that's fair 
from a PR department. I yeah. don't feel like it's slimy. But if it's really close to the same and they're just giving you like these Would it feel nominal percentages. If they said something like, you don't need to buy this. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it actually, PR team could never say that. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, if you were that. just very black and white and you're very like, all right, if you already have this, you probably don't need it, but it is going to be this, this, and this better. Yeah. And if you were to ride both of them blindfolded, you would not be able to tell a difference. It'd be cool if they said something like that. If they were just like, you know, um, this is, even if they even, because the PR spin on it would be like, a very modest update from last year's model. These are the updates. Like yeah. you could say it that way and still it wouldn't yeah. come off like. So here's the thing that really chaps my head though, yeah. is when they give you all of these things, which at the end of the day, you're splitting hairs. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But when they use those as a means of justifying an increased cost, when there really isn't a difference, that's the thing that yep. bugs the snot out of me. Yep. So anyway, that's just my two cents. So I, agree with I and being in this whole bike game bike business, I get the stuff shoved down my throat. The PR stuff. Crazily. Yep. All every, the time. Every product, every yes. item that you get sent yeah. gets along with a PR sheet and Yep. And everybody's yeah. telling me how it's the latest and greatest. I'm like, it's really not that different. And it's just that time of year where you transition mm. from one calendar year to another year that over the last like six or seven weeks, it's just been like you know, every person from every company is trying to get a hold of you and trying to get you to spend a bunch of money and telling you all the reasons why it's all that. And you you kind of feel like you have a, um, a responsibility to your customers and to the community to yep. like sift through all of the BS and, and help not protect them because at the end of the day, they're grown adults and they can make their own decisions, but to like protect them from like wasting yeah. their money, you know? So I just, I don't know. I agree with that. That's just kind of what I think sometimes they're from their eyesight, like the, from their from their point of view, it's more of like, these are going to be the frontline people that are actually talking to the customers. They need to have all of this PR marketing mumbo jumbo so that they can pass it on. Sure. Uh, you might not do that, but yeah, hopefully you don't. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. That's my little diatribe. Um, let's jump into one last thing. Cause I got places to go, go people to see because um, he always goes first. Yeah. Right, I actually, I never, I, I post about sports technology stuff. I posted a video that was about the Apple Vision Pro and why people shouldn't purchase the Apple Vision Pro. Oh, okay. I saw that video. I'm like, oh, Matt, put that out. I haven't had a chance to watch it. It, it, is, been... it is zero sports tech oriented uh -huh. video on my channel. Not that I have never posted things outside of my little niche before, but like it is outside the niche for sure. So was that fun to do um, something different? I, it's definitely something that I wanted to talk about. Okay. And uh, I th thought like the topic matter is like is important at this point in time because people are actually looking at this, trying to figure it out and trying to make a decision. It does seem like a very new product. And so it is exciting to talk about what I'm realizing is that every single person just like me and just like I was guilty of uh, every single person that has a YouTube channel is doing the exact same thing. They're like, justifying the purchase of this and then they're going to talk about it on their YouTube channel and then, you know, and then they're like, okay, well then I can expense this, whatever. And even if the video bombs, then, then guess there is some sort of technical financial benefit to um, having purchased it and being able to expense it. But still it's one of those things where it's, there's going to be so much noise about it mm -hmm. that it's just, it these, these comments and commentary on these products just gets lost in the, in the mess. Did you purchase one? Yeah. When does it get here? Um, Tuesday. This coming Tuesday? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm going to come knock on your door. Yeah, come on by. Yeah, no, everyone <laughs> I expect is. you to be wearing it when I knock on the door, everyone, by the way. Everyone's, I mean, I'm definitely going to be wearing it. But yeah, everyone's going to be coming over to check it out and demo it, and it'll be fun for sure. Now, um, hold on. 
did you purchase it or did Apple send it to you? No, purchased. Okay. Yeah. All right. I have to get in in with the right people to and I'm not that cool. So hmm. that's the problem. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. That should be fun. Yeah. I I I I put out 10 reasons not to purchase it and all the problems, basically problems at launch with this thing and, and the issues that I think we're um that we're we're gonna see. And I think they're all fairly valid. I might have made some mistakes in there, but like the other side of it is I do think that they'll, it'll probably be um, a unique experience with sure with having um, these windows that that really do a good job of basically representing themselves as realistic in 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 yeah in your vision. So. That's going to be an interesting marketplace over the next three to five years. Yeah. I don't think I would ever purchase the first gen of that. I would like yeah. to see what it's all about. That but was the, one of the things I suggested. Like the second or the third yeah. are, are going to be a better option yeah. at half the price. But I also so. wonder too, like. Is that something that we need in our lives? Do we need even to be even more, more connected isolated. and to be exactly yeah. a more screens and not doing things? I mean, I don't yeah. know. I think it was one of those things where it's almost like the line in the sand would be like, hey, if this made like video editing or work, any sort of workflow, whether it's programming or whatever, if it, if it like made that process better, then I think it would be worth it. And I just don't think it does. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. That's my hot take. And I do think that it's going to be good as a, um, movie watching experience by yourself. So I don't know. Cool. Mr. Hepler, you got one last thing for us? Um, I just wanted to thank my, my friends and my family who allow me to, uh, uh, poach their driveways, yeah. uh, down here in Arizona. Uh, certainly improved the quality uh, of my life. So thank you, Gary Allen and my sister Twyla and my wife, Brandy for, allowing me to uh chase this uh fantasy life because it is kind of a fantasy and i realized that uh not everybody has the opportunity to do this and i'm super thankful for it so that's all i wanted to say cool right on my one last thing is i did say last week that i'm going to be selling all of my bikes still plan to do that and just need to have you put have you put a posted anything yet i haven't even taken one iota of a step towards okay. that whole process just because i haven't had any time you but like spit, um, spit and wash the the old bike yeah, before you do it yeah. but um my goal for this coming week is to ride a bike outside at least once for a short we period of time. We should do it like now because the rain's a, a coming. Yeah, maybe prob- tomorrow. Probably, tomorrow. maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow okay. will work. So I do want to go out, and I if if in an ideal world, if I could go out for two rides, that'd be great because I want to ride the road bike and the gravel bike mm. just to kind of put them through the paces just to see that they're functioning properly so before i like go through and spit shine and polish them and put them up for sale that knowing that they're going to be good for somebody at some point in time so but um i've been trying some stuff i'm not saying that i'm getting better but i think i have made some strides forward doing some other little things and coupling that with the fact that i haven't been on a bike in six weeks so i think it's time just to kind of go out and just see how the body responds and so that that's going to be my uh my thing for this coming week so it's my one last thing one last thing cool all right, you guys, that is it. That is a wrap. This is uh, Dow Podcast 311. 311. <laughs> 311. 311 has grassroots. Yeah. It's an old reference Exactly. For the band. band. Yep. Yep. Anyway, we will be back next week with another one of these. And until then, bye for now. I used to be legit. 
In fact, I was too legit. I was too legit to quit. But now, I'm not legit. I'm unlegit. And for that reason, I must quit.